Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Moyes Health Podcast. Welcome to episode 103. And I guess apologies for a little bit of a hiatus. Decided to take a little bit of time out from the podcast to make sure that you guys and girls had the best possible content you could have to, I guess, level up your lives and make sure that we make this whole journey just a little bit easier or help even in the micro cycle of your walks or your workouts or your drives or your housework just making sure that those tasks and those chores are a little bit easier so whatever it is you're doing relax get settled in in the best way you can depending like i said on what you're doing and i look forward to hopefully entertaining you over the next 20 minutes or so let's get into it So let's talk about foundations. When it comes to building anything, a strong foundation is absolutely key. If you think of building a house, you've got to make sure that the foundation is strong so the house doesn't fall down. You don't end up with problems that you have to go and deal with later, which is much, much harder when you've got a whole freaking house on top of you. Let's apply that over to something like exercise. If you've got the foundational movement principles eloped into your program, it makes it much easier to build your aesthetic, your physique, your strength on top of that because you're not playing catch up. And finally, let's talk about your own mind. And more to the point, let's talk about dieting, fat loss in general. If you are basing the approach that you're taking when it comes to your diet, when it comes to your approach, on a strong foundation and on a lasting foundation, then you're going to be far more successful than the person that simply applies some temporary principles to their life and doesn't really think about life afterwards. Now, if you are a long-time listener to the podcast, you will know I talk about sustainability quite a bit. In fact, there's probably even some kind of drinking game out there for every time I mention the word sustainability. But the reason that I talk about that is because fat loss isn't actually sustainable, not the process of it anyway, but the results is, are, whatever the freaking English is. The thing that I want to elaborate on further is that the measures that you take to lose body fat, such as the caloric deficit itself, the tracking of the calories, if that's the method that you're using, isn't sustainable it's not meant to be there will come a time where you don't want nor should you lose any more body fat you can't remain in a deficit you can't keep progressing that because you're going to find yourself very very unwell with another bigger problem to solve than the one that you wanted to solve when you started your fat loss journey being overweight what we must realize is that it's the underlying principle of what we are doing the foundation, which is the thing which is sustainable. So let's elaborate further on that. Most of the time when people think about dieting and they think about making lifestyle changes, etc., they actually just focus on the temporary, what's immediately in front of them. In other words, what do I need to do to facilitate this result? It's very results focused, very this is what I want, how do I get there? And that's not necessarily a completely bad way of thinking, and it's perfectly understandable. You begin a fat loss journey because you want a result. But the problem is we tend to put the cart before the horse where that's concerned. 
Because focusing purely on the result will inevitably lead to you doing things which are temporary. And so this is what we need to think about going forwards. I'll give give you a prime example. I do about 8,000 steps on average per day, just in day-to-day life. But I like my food. And so because of my height, weight, etc., and of course that activity level and my age, not getting any younger, I have to be a bit more aggressive with my calories when it comes to creating a deficit because of the amount that I move. But if I move more, I don't have to be quite as aggressive with my deficit. To put some numbers on this, I have to achieve about an average of 2,200 calories per day to lose about a pound per week on my current activity level. But I don't like 2,200 calories per day. It's a little bit too restrictive for me. And therefore, because it's too restrictive for me, I have to be a little bit too conscious about the decisions that I make. More conscious than I would like to be and will be in the future. So in order for me to be able to eat more, I need to increase my caloric burn. As you will know from previous podcasts, that's also in the drinking game. It's a trade-off. If you move more, you get more calories. You move less, you don't get as many. So I want more calories. So what I've been doing is factoring in three, maybe four, 20 minutes to half an hour walks on the treadmill. But here's the thing. I do enjoy certain channels on YouTube. That's where most of my entertainment comes from. Uh, Boring stuff, well, not boring stuff to me, but might be boring to you in terms of engine rebuilding, car refurbishments. Most of it is automotive based. That's where my mind is outside of this fitness and coaching lark. And so what I've done is instead of spending an hour or so on the sofa each day watching my iPad, watching these channels, I'm now going, right, you can watch it whilst on the treadmill. You can be productive. So firstly, I've kept the same habit I had previously, a habit which isn't going to go anywhere. I enjoy these channels. I enjoy this entertainment. But also, I want to be able to eat more. And so not just to achieve a deficit, but also for life afterwards, I want to have a little bit more freedom in my diet. Okay, I don't want to be thinking quite as much about dialing things in and having to be super careful. I want a bit more margin of error, a bit more wiggle room. So I looked at things and I went, what is sustainable for me to do? Well, I enjoy watching YouTube. I'm in the gym, add 20 minutes onto my workout, then boom, easy peasy. That I can do, that I can sustain. And I'm going to enjoy doing it at the same time because I'm watching my YouTube channels. And therefore, win-win, that's a sustainable activity. Previously, I'd thought about doing it and thought about going out for walks again. And maybe in the summer, it might be something that I bring into play to increase my daily activity. But that was very much a service thing. When I used to do it, it was very much a case of I was thinking about the content I was putting out. In some ways, it was quote unquote work to go for a walk. Whereas this way, it's just me, just in my own head. And a lot of times of late, my workouts are very much me in my own head. It's my kind of meditation time. And so this is just an extension of that. Instead of during my workout, focusing on my own development, resilience, etc. My own workout, of course. um, The time afterwards on the treadmill is just a little bit of peace and quiet. Still doing what I want to do, but not being quite as habitually lazy as I was doing it previously. Traded the sofa for the treadmill. Why am I telling you this? Well, a lot of the time, people can think about what do I need to do to achieve a deficit? And they will bring in exercise they weren't doing previously. 
and don't necessarily enjoy and probably won't continue to do because their thought process is, this is my goal, how do I achieve it? So they're thinking, I need to add more steps in. I need to move more. Okay, I am going to temporarily do X as far as, you know, I'm going to temporarily go for an hour's walk every single day. I can do that to achieve my goal. Note the language there. I am going to temporarily remove alcohol. I'm going to temporarily remove chocolates. I'm going to temporarily remove takeaways. Again, the word temporarily is rarely mentioned, but all of these other behaviors are. And then, of course, yeah, I'm going to start going to exercise. I really should exercise. Does any of this sound familiar? The thing is, all of that mindset, all of that language, all of that self-discussion is coming from a place of, there's the result, how do I achieve it? What we're not looking at is the life that didn't achieve it. The life that led to the gain. It's far better to look at a foundation of how can I adapt that life so it serves me better and then reverse engineer the problem as far as creating the deficit. You're far better off looking at it going, right, imagine my goal is done. Imagine fat loss is sorted. I'm at a physique that I want. Okay, what is my life going to look like in two years? How do I want it to look? What do I enjoy? What am I going to keep doing? What do my days look like? I know I can keep doing that 20-minute walk. Half an hour is pushing it, but I know I can do 20 minutes. And I know I can do that at least three times a week, bumping up my activity just a touch. I know I'm not going to keep tracking my calories. But I know that with that little bit of extra activity, I've got a bigger margin of error. Plus, I'm not going to be chasing a deficit, so easy peasy there. Plus, when it comes to, obviously, exercise... I've got my quotas. I've spoken about these previously. I have my rules. Don't miss two days in a row. Never miss a Monday. Um, make sure I get at least four workouts done per week. All of these things, contributory factors. So instead of focusing on what do I need to do to achieve the result, we need to go, what foundation do I need to have to keep the result? But most importantly, what foundation is realistic for me from an actual enjoyment and sustainability perspective? What do I want my life to look like? I know there needs to be compromise. I know that I can't keep living free and eating whatever I want and barely moving and abusing my body because look at where I am. This is the outcome of that. I can't do what I've always done because I'll get what I've always got. But at the same time, I mustn't go forwards into this with all of the tried and failed methods and whims that I've had previously because I'm not going to keep it up. So what is actually sustainable for me? What can I actually do and keep doing? And that is what forms the foundation of your program. You first look at life and then you reverse engineer from there. Now, like I said, things like the tracking, things like the deficit, they are temporary. But your exercise should be a staple in your life. Even if that's just once a fucking week for 10 minutes. It's better than nothing. Your movement, as as active as you can realistically be with your commitments, with your job, with your life, your mobility, your fitness, your health. That needs to be, what can I keep doing? Now, there are periods of time where we don't know the answer to these questions because it's all very new to us. 
It's one of the reasons that, not just in terms of the results, it's one of the reasons that on my Made by Moist program, I do set people specific targets rather than converse with them to set the targets like I do in the academy. There is a place for programs like Made by Moist because a lot of people don't know what they're capable of. They don't know what they enjoy from an exercise perspective. They haven't tried a lot of things. They don't know what kind of activity they can realistically do because they're used to being so sedentary and not thinking about it that either they don't know what they do or they haven't really pushed themselves to find the gaps. I am a big believer in push yourself and then rein it back rather than gradually eke into it for those people that have no experience. But for those that do have experience, you do want to make sure that you are using that foundational approach, that you're learning from the past going, right, this is what my life looks like. Because as I said, if someone with no experience goes forwards and I say to them, what is your life going to look like in the future? They might go, well, you know what? I barely move at the moment. Got really no reason to leave the house. So about 3,000 steps a day, I think is about right. Now, nobody, nobody should be doing 3,000 or less steps per day. There is a little bit of a component where we need to be realistic from A, if you're only doing 3,000 steps a day, you're going to have to be fucking frugal with your calories. Very, very difficult to stick to. Certainly very, very difficult to maintain because you're not going to have that much because obviously you're not burning that much. And secondly, there's got to be a health component to this. It cannot just be about fat loss. We can't just focus on fat loss. We have got to focus on longevity. We have got to focus on health because none of us want to leave this world early. And so we do need to be really, really cautious of, okay, there's got to be a little bit of compromise as far as I do need to move more. But again, that conversation of sustainability comes into play. It's better to build upon that than it is to kind of set ourselves up to fail with targets which are just unrealistic. I've got people in my academy where they set themselves 6,000 steps per day, which is very much the lower end of movement. But if 6,000 is realistic, if 6,000 is sustainable, it's a darn sight better than three. And most of the time they overachieve because the ethos needs to be be active whenever you can be, regardless of the time of the year. If you can walk rather than drive, there's many incentives and reasons why that's the better option. So very much going forwards in your own individual program, should you be focused on what life is going to, should look like, and you want life to look like. We can't continue to have our cake and eat it as far as being sedentary and eating whatever we want. You know, we can't get away with having a Domino's every week without a little bit of trade-off, even at maintenance. You know, there are some foods out there which are ludicrously calorific. But compromise is the word, not deprivation. We've got to live our lives from a position of being mindful about what we're doing. And ultimately, from a subconscious level, this is what all of those fit people and fit families do. They've got good habits in their life involving movement. They've got good habits involving moderation. They've got good habits as far as general caloric control. They eat healthily, not health 
They don't kind of detriment and get rid of all the alcohol, the takeaways, the chocolate, but they've just got a better balance. And so, as you can tell, this whole fat loss thing, this whole maintaining after fat loss thing is very much a plate spinning exercise. It's very much a case of we do need to be mindful in the future and we need to find that trade-off between health, between sustainability, but also between pushing ourselves. Where that trade-off lives, the point of which those three things intersect is ultimately what someone like me does. My job is to, to sit down with all of that data, with all of that experience and to go, right, I think this is realistic for you. But ultimately, you will only ever be successful when it comes to your fat loss endeavors if you embrace the mindset that you have to have that foundation of health, sustainability, and of course, efficiency. Sacrifice any of those three and you'll find yourself in a compromising situation in some pretty catastrophic ways. So I implore you, the next time you are thinking about fat loss, the next time you're thinking about progress, hell, even if you're midst, in the midst of a program, please consider the foundation of which you are building upon. Make sure that what you're doing is realistic and sustainable for you. Make sure that obviously there's some health components in there, you know, that you are making better choices as far as the foods that you're consuming, not living on freaking Ferrero Rochers, but also make sure that you're sensible and there is balance because your physical fitness will not look after your nutritional fitness. They are two individual things. You cannot outstep, out-exercise, out-walk a bad diet. It will catch up with you. So we do need to make sure that there's balance in there. Now, the age-old thing was always 80-20 as far as a ratio is concerned. And what that means is 80% of the time we're making good decisions with our food. So 80% of the time, it's healthy. 20% of the time, it's slutty. Whether you apply that to the life of your diet, uh, sorry, your, your life, sorry. Whether you apply that to your week, whether you apply that to your day, 80-20 is a pretty good ratio. I personally tend to work slightly differently with a different language, which is the meals are for the health, the snacks are for the slut. Or slutty, probably not for the slut, that's a bad way of putting it. But <laughs> my point is, have slutty snacks, enjoy those. And then most of the time have healthy meals. But then obviously the weekend is very much a thing too. So 80% of the week, control what you're doing. 20% of the week, get a little bit slutty. That's my mantra of things. With fitness, with exercise, 80% of the time, train. I train more days than I don't. 20% of the time, rest. Don't go to the gym. Don't exercise. Enjoy being sedentary. And finally, when it comes to day-to-day -day activity... 80% of the time, be active. And then 20% of the time, put your feet up, chill out. And so that 80-20 ratio applies across the board, not just in the staple. 80% of your diet should be healthy. 20% of your diet should be the more nutritionally invalid foods. I don't know what accent that was, but we're going to go with it. Anyways, ladies and gents, that is it. Hopefully some informative tidbits to take away to carry you forwards into your day to make sure that you're just a little more open-minded about the approaches that you are taking uh, and again apologies for the slight delay on this podcast but like I said I never want to give you guys shit information or you know just bash out a podcast for the sake of it plus when you spend every single day talking about fatness fatness <laughs> when you spend every day talking about fitness 
and fat loss is what I meant to say, then, you know, you do need to ease off the gas from time to time and focus on engines and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. But I appreciate you guys giving up 20 minutes of your time to listen to this weirdo. Enjoy your journeys going forwards. Make sure that you're building them on a strong foundation, a sustainable, balanced foundation. There's a word that I probably should have used more in this podcast. And as always, I will see you guys on the next episode. Don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a little review. And of course, drop me a message on Instagram. Both of those things are way more motivational than you know. So would really love for you guys to continue to do that, to continue to let me know what you think of these podcasts. Because honestly, it genuinely does make a difference. I am human. I do have natural ebbs and flows as far as not just my enthusiasm, but also in terms of my own confidence. So it is always beneficial when you guys tell me even if you told me before that you liked an episode and what you took away from it so please take a couple of minutes maybe just a minute to reach out and let me know what you thought and like i said rating sharing and reviewing is always hugely inspiring and beneficial so guys and girls enjoy your weeks go forth into them with a plan of action with a mindful and realistic plan of action and i will see you on the next episode Toodles.